Welcome, dear readers, to Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed but not read by yours truly. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember, we only judge a book by its cover. And we find ourselves once more amid the towering stacks of your library where things have returned to normal. And, you know, I think maybe they return to normal a little too quickly. It's been quite a bit of effort to get everything organized and make sure everything's in its proper place after the library wrappers have been uh, having their run off the place. Uh, I mean, they're not really, really much in, like, putting books back where they're supposed to go. No. This is actually what I wanted to talk to you about, because while I agree that it was important to return the fortifications of the visitor center, which is yes. a, sort of a book fort, back to their proper shelving according mm. to the due imperial system, uh, I, I do feel like I've... I, We've sort of brushed over the incredible service that uh, the Vliberaptors in general, and Guinevere in particular, uh, uh, did for us in general and me in particular. How so? What I interpreted as their attacks. Um, oh, uh, right. As in they were defending you. Yeah, no, I see that. Against a force that they couldn't communicate to me and then yeah. ultimately wound up dragging me to hell and tried to do this podcast yeah, with you. Yeah, it's like you have a very strange concept of hell, but to each to their own. Yeah. Right. What can I say? Hi. Oh, no, you're not supposed to say that on a train, are you? <laughs> no, like, exactly. No, I can't, no the- eye contact, no smiling. God, how, how did people do it before? Before headphones? I guess they had newspapers. Newspapers, yeah. Yeah, newspa- no newspapers in hell either. You just had to sort of sit there. Well, and that, yeah. To- so all this time, like, it must have been incredibly frustrating, certainly for my, my, my bestie Guinevere, the Velibraptor, just catching everybody up on the unnecessary lore, spinning around this uh, literary review podcast, but she must have been very, very frustrated that I was resisting her attempts to, to rescue me. Have you been trying to make amends? I've been thinking about how, how best to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I kind of want to throw a Velibraptor party, and I wondered if you could help me okay. figure out something that they'd enjoy and understand as something, as something nice that as I was party. doing. For I had, a, I had a few ideas that we can you could like rip open a duvet and spread it around as nesting material for when that time of the year arrives. But see, I don't know anything about their about their breeding or nesting no. nesting season. So maybe I also thought of like getting some ducks, but that would just be a that would just be a blood right. Well, I mean, they definitely enjoy that. They seem well, to be yes. really enjoying the ducks. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, can you order ducks online? I don't know. I hadn't, I hadn't gotten to that part yet. I okay. kind of rejected it out of hand because uh, another bloodbath, I mean... You can probably order duck eggs and then you'd have to incubate them themselves. Maybe you can slip them in with the Velibraptors and see what happens if a duck hatches from a Velibraptor in a nest. I mean, that would be a very interesting social experiment for definite. Mm. But I was thinking maybe something that I could I could do by, by like, next week. Oh, by the, um, yeah. Hmm, like a see. bit of a, because I feel like, like time has already passed. And do you know how when you, when, when a pet is misbehaved, it's important to discipline them immediately. Otherwise, they don't understand the relationship. No. The, I suppose reward goes the same way. That's why they yeah. have the little clicker things. It's like first you associate the clicker with the reward, and then the clicker itself becomes the reward. Yes, which was incredibly poorly used in Jurassic uh, World, mm. um, where he just sort of used it as a, as a way to gather attention and kept click, 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 clicking. And that's not, that's not how you do it. No, that's not how it works. I, I know people who, who who make the claim that they can with with a smart Corvid they can get them to respond to click trading within like an hour and oh, like a possible seed. Yeah. seed. Speaking of Corvids, did you uh, read the article about the guy here in the Netherlands who actually taught uh, the crows and stuff to gather cigarette butts? And oh, he built a machine that rewards them with little treats for cigarette butts. Huh. Once you train them into it and you put that machine in a, in a park, they'll just like collect the cigarette butts, drop them in the machine, and, and they'll, like, dispense dispense <laughs> and treats. And dispense the treats. That's Brilliant. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I had I had seen like videos of uh, uh, corvids, of course, the, uh, the the species of birds that are that are known for uh, uh, incredible intelligence. Mm. Um, let me see: uh, uh, ravens, tools. crows, yeah. jackdaws. Uh, I think magpies. 
don't know about magpies. I don't know if they're the same species. But, no, uh, I don't know. But they're, yeah. uh, and, and for incredibly uh, uh, complex social relationships, including, like, gift-giving. Oh, there's one case where a, a, a young girl who frequently, like, fed uh, blackbirds in her, in her neighborhood, and they would... They, they took to like leaving presents for her yes. and, just, and just collecting cool, shiny things that were, that were for her that she I think there was enjoyed. even one guy who started rewarding them more for money. For when one of them bought mm. a coin or something, they started like he gave him an even, um, a, a huge reward. And then like they, they actually started bringing him back, back coins that they found across nice. the <laughs> Nice. Now, if only you can get them to bring you like a wallet full of cash or something but i guess there's not that many of those lying around <laughs> no uh, besides they're they're clever enough that they'd start actually stealing wallets from uh, uh, from people and not like my saying, problem no i i understand that but can we come up with anything that the that the viliberaptors would would similarly enjoy so I mean, they are, they are oh. very clever. They are very theatrical. They, they, they enjoy, um, like, dress up. Um, maybe a, uh, like, one of those cat condos, but then sized for library raptors. And now, like, what's, what's, uh, you say cat condo, like, I'm supposed to understand what that, yeah, what that uh, is. Yeah, a cat tree. No, you're, you're doing it again. So, cat tree. The raffia wrapped poles with boxes and hammocks, you know? Oh, that's interesting. You buy one for a lot of money and the cat's more interested in the box it came in. No, obviously, they're cats. Build a little Velibraptor fort or something, or like a little homestead where, which they can enjoy. Maybe with a little jacuzzi and a hammock and... See, now that's interesting, because building it vertically, that's something that I can do for them that they can't necessarily do for themselves. No, build it all. It's like something, I mean, they, they're pretty much limited to nests, so I suppose that like anything that like involves different levels and yeah. know, complex things like tying knots. Oh, that's a good idea. Because they they do have fairly articulate little claw hands, but they are little claw hands. Yeah, and um, like, lack of opposable thumbs and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, they, they can figure out doors and stuff. I mean, if it was a if it was a knob door, then they'd be SOL. Right. And I'm thinking of, like, getting rid of the uh, touchpad security uh, doors and going back to good old-fashioned keys because... Oh, are- goody! I, I kind of want a jangling set of keys as, oh, a, as, right. a, as a librarian. That would be really fun. I could have it like on my belt. I could, I could, I could fuss with it at every door, even though I know which one is which, and I can ah, sort of mutter to myself and, you can, like, and, and attach a short, stout rope to it and have kind of a flail in case of emergencies. Huh. All right. Kind All of like right. a spiked male flace. No, wait. Male, male flace? F- yes. Yeah. It's between a, fl- a flail and a mace. You know, a flace. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Obviously, being a, being Dutch people, we have a, we have a preference for the, the plurtedoy. Yeah, that's which, the one. Um, is a, is a medieval weapon that bears some explaining. And the closest I can get is to, like, imagine one of those, um, one of those bicycle pumps. Right, with a with a with a cylinder and sort of a plunger handle that you have, oh, to, yes. have to plunge it. Except the plunger handle is then weighted, and imagine holding it by the by the cylinder so you can sort of swing it out, and then it telescopes out, and there's a weight that can can knock someone on the on Give the head. You a good whack, yeah, yeah, like actually, like crack that, the brain pan. Does that actually increase? Yes, the impl- influence. Because yes, it does. Your ability to impart force upon this weight is evenly spread out over the course of your swing. Because there is a certain limit to how fast you can swing, right? Yes. So normally when you have a weighted bat, like you, you bring it up to speed, and then after that, even though you have strength in your muscles, you can't impart more force because it's going at maximum speed. Yeah. And in this case, because the, the lever extends, because the uh, the weight extends further from the, yeah. from your hands, any force that you add doesn't increase the speed, but can increase the lever. Right. And so you can yes. you can transfer more no, energy. I understand. That. Very clever, yes. And the funnest part about it is that it's called a plurtedoyer, which is like a dickhead 
killer. Pretty much. Like a plot is a is a is a dipshit. A rude yeah, person. Asshole. Yeah. A jerk. Speaking of jerks, what do we have in store for ah. our readers this week? Well, what a good transition. That'll work. It's a book by Jeffrey Lord. Uh, it's a one of the Richard Blade series. Or Dick Blade. As Dick Blade! Say, as I've say. been looking forward to these for so long. And this one's is The Jewel of Tharn, or maybe Tharn's Jewels, but that seems to be a little bit... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, credit where credit is due, uh, even though uh, this cover had, had sort of circulated among our, uh, uh, our shortlist for a while, it was our good friends uh, over at Good Show, Sir... The uh, uh, inimitable resource for great fantasy and sci-fi and horror genre books. You can find them over at goodshowser.co.uk, uh, who have just been a fantastic source of inspiration for us. Um, yeah, they they wondered aloud, how long will it be until until Cover My Ass does a does a Dick Blade book? Well, here we are. Yes, it's been like kicking around in our uh, library for quite a while now, and, and we were like. like do we dare? Oh, I think we, uh, we I definitely do. should. I think we do. Thanks to our friends over at Good Show, sir. We are doing so now. And also, friend of the library, X Indiv, contributed the, the, the back cover that we had a hard time finding. So we should describe what's on the cover. So a very big is printed Richard Blade, which of course is the, 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 the titular character. Let's just call him Dick, shall we? Dick Blade is yes. the, I mean, that's, that's how everyone refers to him. Uh, and then the Jewel of Tharn, and then we see a, a, a near naked, uh, gentleman, in the process of throwing a spear. So well, I'm thinking it's more of a hero pose. I mean, generally involved in spear throwing, there's a little bit of forward momentum, which is kind uh, of yes. hard with a lady, or, or a man for that matter, clinging to your loins. As she is here. Yes, yeah, striking like Arrow of Athena. And Well, no, right. Oh, that's a... Uh, <laughs> yes. That's like Mexico reference? <laughs> yes. I was going to say Babylon 5, because that's what I've been rewatching lately. But no, there's not a lot of Greek mythology in there. A lot mm. of Arthurian mythology, though. They do like their rangers. Yeah, but even like uh, uh, Lanier is a very uh, Lancelotian character. Is it? His, Which yeah, one? Uh, well, Lancelot, specifically. Like, he's a, he's a, he's a noble oh. knight deeply in love with... Uh, like, Delenn is his Guinevere. Mm, I suppose that makes sense. She is kind of like has the relationship going with the captain, I suppose. Uh, as Guinevere does with Arthur. Yes. And, like, nonetheless... And therefore... Um, he, uh, Lancelot's love for her Unrequited is love. far from chivalrous. Well, I think in the Arthurian cycle, it's uh, everybody was getting it on with everybody there. So that depends on like which point in the Arthurian cycle you you, you sort of enter, because those stories they were written over the span of I mean, literally centuries. Same with same with Robin Hood. Like, oh, probably was, longer than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and new stories were added or forgotten, and we kind of compress them into what we consider the canon of the Arthurian cycle or the Robin Hood story, as the as, as the case may be. But like people, well, had there's a lot, lot of, generally a lot of magic in the uh, Robin Hood series, with the exception of the. Uh, the British adaptation from the end of the 80s, which I, I tremendously enjoyed. Oh, the uh, uh, the Channel 4 ITV. Like, it wasn't on the BBC. Wasn't it BBC? Oh. I, I, I don't think it was. The the, the Robin of Loxley. Uh, there, was, there was some magic and stuff in there. Not high on uh, special effects, but very well executed, I'd say. Actually, I wonder how much of that was, was in, the, in the story. Because you had the, the mythical figure of Hearn, the, mm-hmm. uh, the forest god. Yes. Was there a conflict between, like, paganism and... Christianity no, as, a, as a force. Not specifically, I don't no, think but so. He, he gained his prophecies from, from Hearn, the, uh, yeah, that's uh, true. represented as a stag. Yeah, the stag-headed hunter might have been a headdress, which was a stag. Yeah. It was kind of like always like in shadows and vague and stuff like yes, that. Yes, and with soft focus. Massively and backlit by... Uh, beautiful. So gorgeous. Uh, and his more uh, friend-slash-counterpart-slash-rescuer, Nazir. 
Mm, yes, they're, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one. It was very, very cool as well. Amazing series. Uh, watch it. It was the series two, I think, to replace the main character because he died at the end of the first series, and they 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 basically reinserted a new Robin Hood as like Robin Hood is was more of a trope oh, or a role rather than yeah. actually a person. Like anyone, could anyone be could Robin be Hood. It's sort of like yeah. Batman. Well, Batman's a little bit more specific, but yeah, especially the character of Robin Hood is whoever is filling the role, being Hearn's agent on bit, the mortal bit. plane. That's yeah. one. Yeah. Well, not so with the Dick Blade novels, where no. it's really about about Mister Mister Richard yes. here. You haven't read the synopsis yet. Ah, that is correct. Thank you to uh, a friend of the library, ex Indiv, who um, contributed the missing page of the, of the of the back of the book. So the synopsis is: It is the Dark Ages. The Church has banned books, beauty, and bare buns. Dick Blade and his magic singing spear must save their nudist colony from the encroaching crusaders who wish to crush their peaceful ways. Will he convince the local abbots to forsake the cloth, or will the changing seasons force Dick to muffle his cry for freedom? Yeah. I think that's a really well-written synopsis. Oh, it, me it, too. It, it, is, it, it really paints the picture of the entire book. Sets up the stakes. Yeah, so even though it, 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 it takes a little bit before we before we get to the uh, the encroaching crusaders, because it does start off with this nudist colony on a on a sort of, like... Like, I don't know if it's supposed to be truly historic. I think they were, like, just playing into the whole German thing about naturism and stuff like that. And I think they still are to, oh, uh, they are, to this day. Like, yes. uh, donors are, like, they're not just clothing optional, kind of, like, any any kind of bathware is a little weird. Yeah, generally mixed gender as well, no hassle, just, like, yeah. casual, like, in any wellness realm or uh, something like that, then <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah. It's, it's... I, I, I really like that about the, 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 uh, the sort of, I talked before about the difference between between uh, 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 nude and naked, and possibly like the third condition, naked, ah. where, where where it's just a, a matter of uh, wearing clothes versus whether it's appropriate to wear clothes, whether it's a, and if you're in a condition of of nudity where you're just not wearing clothes, and that's not a big deal, as soon as you start wearing clothes, it's like sort of Donald Duck wearing pants, then suddenly right. oh, he's he's one of those sex weirdos now just it's, by being more modest. Yes. It's always weird when in a lot of those cartoons, it's like he j- usually wears his vest. Yes. But when he goes swimming, he wears a full bathing suit. Or just boxers, which is just super weird. So it's now just like nipples out. But- everything reversed. But yes, it's the, um, it's the nudist colony on Petticoat Lane, which sets the scene for this novel with, uh, Dick Blade uh, walking around and surveying his well, not really his domain, but he's kind of he seen as the big. He's kind of so. seen as the big man there. I mean, well, they certainly like support him in that. It is a uh, uh, he like men are quite rare in this nudist oh. colony, and certainly men of a of a, of a fit age. He uh, very proudly contributed a name to the uh, the colony. Uh, after his his experience with uh, Burning Man, the no. uh, uh, yeah the intergalactic festival that we know, which kind of suggests to me that maybe this is one of those future right. histories. Uh, he called it the Buns and Burners. Buns and Burners. Well, he said Burning Man in medieval Europe was usually burning woman, and it's more about witch burning. But you know, that's... <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm sure that that wasn't the case here. I'm sure that this was a much more positive role model society. Let's go with that. No, we ha- you had the Wicker Man. The Wicker Man yeah. was a, like and, well, I suppose and, that was Burning Man. It's like usually yeah. someone inside there being oh, burned. A sacrifice. Oh, wait, I was I was more sort of thinking about uh, the long man. If you if, if you know what that is, that's oh. that's one of those those chalk carvings. Is that in like a man? Whole, oh. uh, no, it's like a whole hill. You know how you have Huffington Horse. Oh right, have, those ones. Yes. Yeah, gigantic, gigantic. But he's got a bit of a bit of a tackle and rod. And the yeah, the yeah. long man so known for I mean, ah, a giant a... hill drawing with a with a with a pretty substantial assets there. Uh, it's, a, yes, it's a long it's... road up the long man. I think I guess it's just wall carvings in Pompeii are 
vulgar to say the least. That uh, was graffiti. Same difference, but like if no, you no, but do- like literally, that was that was like illegal wall paintings. Yeah, but you know, do you, do you think that the people who started that thing on the hill would actually have permission? I'm, I'll bet you a bunch of lads just got drunk and went like, "Oi, you know what happens when we cut up the turf here and we throw it out? It's like you get this white chalk underneath. And like if we could make a huge amount of that, giving them like gigantic clock, everybody in the village would see it and they couldn't do anything about it. Oh, it's like that gentleman. Oh, I forget where he is, but it was someone who who complained a lot about like potholes in the in the roads of his uh, constituency. Ah, yes. uh, and since he was it was being continually ignored, he took to drawing penises in graffiti around potholes, and then suddenly they be- started getting. Fit much quicker, yeah. Yeah, because we've got to fill that in so that you don't... Although, the knowing the wall. city council, they just get another guy with another can of spray paint and just paint them over and, like, be done with it. And make it sort of a cartoon man with a, yeah. with a huge nose. It, it shows clever initiative. So, I can understand why his his contributions to the buns and burners were, were appreciated, because here's the thing that I find with... with um, queer and kink communities uh, uh, in general in my limited experience with them like they're incredibly sociable and and well organized like something like the the the, the BDSM community the the bondage mm-hmm. dominant like uh, uh, in the popular imagination, a lot of people think of bullshit like Fifty Shades of Grey and, oh, and that yes. kind of domination. But it's all about talking about your feelings. Safe, and, sane, and sensible. Yeah. Like, yes. And like incredibly really hot scene, finished up now, now let's go have a cup of tea and talk about our feelings. Yes, exactly. Because it's and like having, having whole classes about, about time people have and just how it feels and, and, and what you talk about beforehand. It's just this incredible, like, sense of communication. Yes. So no wonder that they have committees for everything. Ah, yes, yes. Of course. The, the most important one being the privy council. Yeah, well, obviously. I mean, uh, latrine technology is the foundation for urbanization in general. Well, and not to the Romans. Yeah, certainly, like, roads are cool, but have you tried toilets? Like, that's mm. what makes a city. You know what a cloaca is, right? Yes. Uh, that's the that's the anatomical feature of yeah, some yeah. non-mammalian species where yeah. uh, uh, that's reproductive and waste at the same time. Cloaca means sewer. Okay. Which is kind of a gross way to look at it, but yeah, like, just all of it, like, eggs, sperm, waste, urine, Everything feces, all of it there. just, yeah, it yeah. just goes, like, goes yeah. through that one, that one passage. Okay, stuff to learn, but yeah. in the meantime, on Petticoat Lane, yes. uh, yeah, the, the, the Privy Council is, of course, the, uh, the most important of the many committees, because, like, that is a, that is an indispensable resource with which no negotiation is possible. Same with like the uh, I believe it's the 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 garbage men or whatever the the correct term is of major cities who are forbidden from unionizing because a strike by garbage pickup uh, yeah. people would just be worse than the police going unless on they do it in Italy where the mafia is like firmly in charge of the uh, waste disposal. Oh, is it? It's like then, oh yeah, that's the whole problem in Naples. Occasionally, the trash keeps piling up, and it's because all of the tra- uh, the garbage handling and all of the trash companies is all in the hands of the mafia, and they're just holding a gun to the head of the, the yep. city of. Naples, just like, Naples. Yep, whatever, yeah, just let it pile up. Oh, it's horrible. Yes. I've never actually visited Naples, but I know something about it. The, the city is, is bisected by a, uh, by a street, sort of like the strip in, in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. There's a gorgeous view from, from one of the hills where you can just see it like slicing down. It's called the Spacanapoli, mm-hmm. the, the Naples splitter. Ah. Which side of the Spacanapoli do you live uh-huh. on? Ah, I thought it was very cool. Kind of like, like the cheeks of Naples are part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's some lovely imagery. Uh, You're think, welcome. I wonder if the, the petticoat lane is the same for whichever whichever city or, or well, town the buns and burners. Generally considered the other side, but yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> so, um, yes, things roll well in the buns and burners community of petticoat lane as uh, uh, Dick is uh, surveying his, uh, well, not his domain, but he, he 
he's kind of like first among equals maybe but his sort of enthusiasm and a bit of ego that is considered a valuable thing to have because we have mostly committees and everybody trying to preserve their own place so someone who's willing to present themselves as a as a, as a figurehead uh, like they've, they've actually figured out quite a quite a good way to deal with that uh, a very powerful phrase that one might almost call, call a spell that I think is responsible for uh, a lot of the success of the Bunsen burners. That's nice, dear. Oh. It's such a powerful set of words. Like, any time Dick Blade accomplishes something, people can just praise him with, oh, that's nice, dear. Like, no, it's kind of like the Southern, bless your heart, darling. And it's oh. all in the inflection on how it's said. <laughs> yeah. It could oh. be like, it could be, it could be entirely <laughs> beneficial or could, you could have just been served a vicious burn. That's exactly. And I think that he's just a little bit clueless enough that, that he takes it all in stride. Yes. And so even when they go, I mean, he's mm. not Blake Whitecock levels of clueless, but <laughs> no, no, nor is their relationship with him quite so manipulative. As well, as poor young Blake Whitecock, but yeah, I think Dick Blade does 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 quite well. And any time that somebody says, "Oh, yeah, that's nice, nice dear," uh, he still takes it as a compliment. Yes, especially when it's the co uh, seats on the Privy Council, Fanny Galore. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, who is in a Fanny Galore? Yes, that's right. Uh, yeah, I thought that this was interesting that we uh, that we start off in this like idyllic view of the of the Bands and Burners, and immediately we're plunged into the uh, the power struggle between Fanny Galore and Booby Rod. Yes, especially in a, in a community like that, the fights are so vicious because the stakes are so low. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, especially since like like the 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 leader of the Privy Council is not really a thing. The, the chairman is not uh, of the meeting is not the leader of the council. Having that kind of ceremonial role and 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 prominence, maybe that's something that hmm, maybe yeah. that's something that Dick Blade introduced. Uh, Afraid that as hero god he would be put on too much of a pedestal, and he wanted to make sure that there was enough checks and balances on any influence that he might have on the. Do you community. think that he set up this this series of community um, committees? I mean, he might have steered it a little bit. Oh. Well then, I'm 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 a lot more impressed with uh, with Dick Blade than I than I was before. I thought mm. he was in my reading. I thought he was a bit of a late addition, but the idea that he contributed to all of this mm. is actually really cool. So uh, uh, obviously, nothing idyllic can last very long. And uh, oh, you need conflict in a good story. And I thought initially that the uh, the power struggle between Booby Rod and Fanny Galore was going to be it, but very yes. quickly we're introduced to an external force. Oh yes, it's the aforementioned Crusades. In this case, it's the invasion from the Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> now, as a, as a Dutch person, uh, I was I was immediately a little miffed that the the, the Netherlands were were painted in a in such a bad light because the Netherlands has its colonial history, which is a thing. But oh, that is oh, a yes. that is a post. That's an overseas colonial thing, and very much uh, yeah, golden age I think, seventeen hundreds. Well, we call it the golden age yes. in, the, in the in the Netherlands. My ancestors in Indonesia have a very different <laughs> <laughs> name for it. So, but all of that is like post medieval and like mm. heading toward the industrial age. Oh yes, during like, the Renaissance age. Up until the the Middle Ages, like the Netherlands was a horrible place to live. It was a, it was a benighted swampland that suffered flooding. Uh, uh, I, I believe it's the only country that the Romans declined to fully invade. Like they made it up about halfway and then they stopped. Yeah, they, these rivers make for a nice natural barrier. We're going to stick with this and we're not going yeah. to Oh, famously, uh, like the city of Utrecht mm. was uh, originally a Roman settlement that was uh, Ultraiectum, the end of the road. So like, all roads lead to, Yeah, all roads lead to Rome and this one just it doesn't go anywhere else. No. This one this one stops. To paraphrase Terry Pratchett, not all roads lead to Rome. The roads lead away from Rome. It's just some people are going in the wrong direction. <laughs> Oh, bless her, Terry. So, yeah, we have an invasion from the Netherlands, which 
And as a, as a Dutch person, look, I continue to protest this because I, I do believe that it's fair to say that up until the late Middle Ages, the Netherlands would tended to be the butt of any any yeah. European power struggle yes. rather than I mean, there was there, there, were, there were little strongholds of local uh, lords, which would inevitably like sink into the swamp. I mean, we yes. don't have any 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 like twelfth century castles. We don't oh, have not any 12th structures. Century, no, no, later than that, but there was like there were some strongholds later on. Uh, no, I, I, especially absolutely. in uh, in in Helderland. Uh, Gelderland, for those who are familiar with the Heath Ledger movie. What? The jousting movie. Oh, yes. oh, that's right. Uh, a Knight's Tale. A Knight's Tale, that's the one, yes. The excellent, underappreciated... Brilliant movie. Uh, yes, with modern music and, they, and, and and We Will Rock You and fucking David Bowie. It was so good. Um, David Bowie in there? And, and then the music, like oh, at, at, at one right. point, like there's a there's a, a, a there's a there's a chivalrous dance where they do a whole fancy dance. And oh then yes, it sort of someone. evolves into into golden years. Yes. Uh, there's a fantastic <laughs> scene where uh, the, the guy who plays Chaucer talks up the crowd and everything. He's a hype man, and that's where the Ulrich from Gelderland uh, thing comes from. Oh, that's right. And then everybody just stays silent, and one of the other guys goes like yeah and starts applauding, and then the crowd bows, <laughs> bows and just in, into applause. This is actually one of those not a non-scripted scene. The crowd was. Supposed to start cheering after he finishes speech, but they're all Czech and they had no idea what, what he was saying. Oh. And it was just because the, the, the actor started prompting and started, that everybody started bursting out and cheering. And they were like, "Oh yeah, we're going to keep that for the movie." Oh, that was cool. <laughs> Entirely unscripted. So, um, yes, the invasion from the Netherlands. Yes, which I guess is a euphemism for an STD almost. And of course, Dick sees them coming, and they set up camp outside of uh, the, the Petticoat Lane uh, nudist camp. They, they, they kind of want to like move in, but they—I mean, the guards are very strict about like no clothes, nothing, nothing. Yeah, it's really hard to invade some place where you've got. To keep your eyes tightly shut as, yes. the, as the as the knights do and of course uh, dick goes like oh this won't do and he goes to uh, the local archbishop fufu that was a bit of a weird name i mean well, uh, certainly for a for a local i think that's archbishops aren't what? supposed to be women back then but you know <laughs> do you think that was the case this, this whole story, as far as I understand it, has taken place in Dimension Bavaria. Okay, so it wasn't just me. Like, I saw this as a, as a, as a future history as well, there where it was go. like a yeah. third Dark Ages. But, okay, so Fufu, I, I kind of like the idea that this was someone who uh, had seen the sexist ways of the of the church and was nevertheless uh, well, compelled to... Yes, I mean, from their position, they were, of course, against the whole nudist colony thing. I mean, this is not done, this is not Christian, this is not like... You well, know, at the same time, being aware that they were throwing the first stone, that this was someone who was who was oh i kind of like that who's who's binding their chest in order to appear male possibly not by preference i do think we have one of those situations like with the female pope here just like archbishop frau Frau what was her name again i don't I really remember. That was such a... Uh, actually, this is a bigger problem in, in describing history in, in, in general, because there are examples very often of, of women living as, as, as men. The, the surgeon that we mentioned in a yes. previous episode, whose, whose name now regrettably yes. escapes me, but where it's incredibly hard to tell afterwards whether that was, that was someone who identified as male or whether that was someone who identified as female, who nevertheless like had to occupy a male role in yeah, order to succeed yeah, in the in the, in the I field. I mean, it, it's a bit of a trope in lots of stories as well. The, the girl leaving home and dressing up as the cabin boy, to, and which is then oftentimes subverted because like then someone invites out and then everything turns out fine and like they're not required to do so anymore. Yeah. Very often, like they 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 maintained this this pretense until until death. In the case of oh Barry. Oh, I've forgotten the surname of the surgeon, but like insisted on like not being autopsied and and, yes. and not having the, the secrets. Like, 
Oh, there was a, uh, speaking of the Arthurian legend we talked previously, there was one of my favorite stories is the, the knight who wasn't there. Oh no, that wasn't in Arthurian. That was, uh, uh, Il Cavaliere Inesistente, the knight who wasn't there. And it yeah. was about this, this, uh, this noble knight who always wore his armor, uh, who, like, when asked to, to lift his visor, lifted his visor, and the helmet was empty, but it was a, uh, it was a knight of extraordinary uh, valor and 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 combat proficiency. Uh, until like it was on some crusade, and like some squire followed the the the, the knight who wasn't there, El Cavaliere Inassistente, into the into the forest where the knight was going to relieve himself, and saw him undo his breeches and sort of squat down and and pee fiercely. Ah, uh, uh, that it was a there was a woman who had like eye holes in in like the chest piece. Yeah, interesting. Like, yeah, uh, uh, that was the um, I th- who was. I think it was an American author who wanted to go to Mecca on Hajj. But of course, back, oh. in, back in the time, he was like, this was like strictly forbidden, only Muslims were allowed to. And he actually went yeah, and got himself, Muslim pilgrim. he actually went and got himself circumcised to be able to pass in case it, uh, it needed to be done. Uh, he nearly exposed himself because he, at one point when he was out relieving himself, standing up rather than squatting down, which apparently was the custom even for men around those oh. era, that era. I didn't know and that. And it's like, yeah, apparently it was just like, oh, what are you doing? It's like, that's a weird way to stand and pee. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, a lot of desert religions are very, like, hygiene based. Oh, like yes, the, totally. The, the, the whole idea of, of kosher, the separation of, yes. of dairy and, no, absolutely. Uh, and, and other meats. It's, it all makes very good sense in areas where there's no refrigeration and no bleach. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, an opportunity to wash regularly. Yeah. Uh, in the way that I learned in, in an anthropology class that oral sex is actually quite common, but only among cultures that practice regular bathing. <laughs> and I think in the among the buns and burners, that might have been a, a yes. popular pastime. Especially with Acorn Andy. <laughs> yes, Acorn Andy. I, I really enjoyed how um, a lot of the people here in... in in Petticoat Lane, adopted names of, of a similar vein. Like I was, a, I was very impressed with their local engineer on the Privy Council, Nutsack Newton, and his uh, good assistant, uh, Wee Free Willy. <laughs> Yes, that's right. Who had a who had an interesting sort of relationship between the two of them and their mutual wife, Clint Eastwood. Oh God, yes, I heard. <laughs> yeah. Although I do suspect that she was having a little bit of a shag on the side with Tammy Tadger. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which because I mean, she had a she had a child who was whose parentage was never named, but I like the the child was named Willie the kid. Yeah. So. I think uh, I think him and Wee Free Willie might be related. <laughs> no, I think, I mean, if there's one set of people who are clearly related, it would have been Lancelot and Lancelittle. Oh, well. <laughs> Good Christ. Uh, this was a... I, I, love a, I love a book where unexpectedly the two sides, uh, despite coming at it from very different perspectives, find out that they just have a lot in common. Yes. That they, that they ultimately approach things from the same direction. So even though the, the crusade was, was led by the local abbot Fufu, um, uh, who, who <laughs> very quickly sort of got into the spirit of the buns and burners and instead of, instead of sicking, um, the, 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 the knights of their, of their crusade, <sighs> Yes. On the on the local revelers, actually came to embrace yes. this community and sort of tried to join uh, uh, Petticoat yeah, so Lane and remain in Fufu renamed themselves as Volva Voom. Yes, I mean th- those were the accords of the Cyprian Fountain. 
the Cyprian Fountain. Now, yes. I've got to say, as much fun as this whole book has been, I actually don't completely get the Cyprian it's Fountain. An, it's another vague reference to genitalia. <laughs> okay, well, that's cool. Yeah, okay. So, much like the, uh, uh, the, the contingent of the Crusaders who stayed behind as the Order of the Purple Helmet. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> Weren't they the ones that went to kept going? I think I'm pretty sure that like the like the, oh, the, the ones, ones that kept going. Yeah, they went like, oh, stop this all, stop, stop this all. We're we're, we're going to go on with the crusade and like no, like we can't. Just... I mean, that's how, essentially how the story resolves. It's like they they go around they see everybody getting on and going like, screw this. This is not why we went on a crusade. We did not go on a crusade to get along with the locals. We are going on to the next village and we are keep uh, continuing yes. to the no, Holy that's, Land. That's right, and we'll and yeah, we'll have a we'll, we'll do that thing that all major religion religious have to do at one point we'll have a good old fashioned schism and we'll exactly. paint our, our helmets purple and now people will take us seriously that's the yes. one and it, it works up to this massive conflict and all parties start, suddenly start to realise that they have far too much in common and it's, it's an amazing way to resolve a story I think it's I, just I thought like- it certainly was <laughs> Because even this, the the you, no, I think you're, I, I think I, I'm coming around. You're completely correct that the the, the purple helmets who continued with this yes. this campaign of sexism and misogyny and 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 and, and anti good timeism, they find themselves a hero. They're outclassed. They realize it, and they're going to go like, we're going to forget about this passage. We know we lost half our army here, and we're just going to like make up some story about like the locals being vicious <laughs> yes, and, exactly. and and they and they elect their own hero, much in the style of Dick Blade. <laughs> Testicles, yes. who now he will definitely be taken seriously as yes. a, as a, as, a, as, a, as an icon of piety. He kind of had the same problem as Achilles did, but in a different area. <laughs> God, yes. it must have been an uncomfortable dip in the potion, but you know, <laughs> what a fucking good book this was. I mean, almost nothing happens, and it's mostly names. Do you want to name some of these cool ass names that some of these characters have? I mean, it, it starts out with Fanny Galore. I was yeah. totally into that. <laughs> She was a very f- prominent member of the Privy Council. <laughs> very prominent member, that's right. <laughs> and of course, uh, uh, Booby Rod and Fufu yes. and... and I, don't, I do think that my uh, favourite scene of the book was when <laughs> Dick goes... Yeah, no, it's, it's when Dick is like when he's in the dumps, he has no idea what to do. So he goes and he seeks out the bald-headed hermit... <laughs> Because that's also the only scene where his purple, where his fucking, what do we say, the singing spear really comes there you into go, it. Yes. Like a, with the it's it's a fine tuned instrument. It certainly is. And he plays it well. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus came. This is the best. This is the best book we've ever. It is mean. It's, it's been quite an entertaining uh, book. Uh, uh, I only wish that we could convey to the readers at home how much fun this has been to review. So, so uh, I, think they, I think they have a good idea. <laughs> how are we going to rate this book? Oh dear. Um, oh, that is a very good question. Um, let's see. Um, because we've got a, I mean, we have a commitment to uh, a cover my ass. That's the podcast we're doing. We have a right. Well, there's, to- there's been a bit of that going on in the book as well, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ten out of ten. I think this is no, the absolutely. It's like this unquestionably. <laughs> this is this is such a winner. Richard Blade by uh, uh, the 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 Jewel of Thorn. What the fuck by was Jeffrey Thorn, Wolf. by the way? I, I, I guess I don't know. I uh, mean, there's even some shit on the on the on the front about what the. Yeah, but, it's a weird uh, Stonehenge in the background, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, a, and it's just like, t- and it's just like uh, Fanny Galore, just like I admiring we, uh, Richards. Uh, that's right. <laughs> I, I hope jewels, we, I suppose. 
<laughs> Maybe this was his tarnished jewels. Well, I, I hope we do a Dick Blade book one of these days again. And uh, uh, thank you again to uh, uh, Xindiv for uh, contributing the missing page, and thank you obviously to our good friends over at uh, a good show, sir, uh, for, for suggesting this. For, it's just been fantastic. Uh, yeah, uh, onwards and upwards, uh, as I think is the the motto of the Bunsen burners. Absolutely, very much what upwards. Do we, what do we have in store for our readers? We really next rose week? to the occasion. <laughs> What do we have in store for our readers next week, please? Yes. please next week's book is by John G. Huge. It's his wondrous compendium, Celtic Sex Magic for Couples, <laughs> Groups, and Solo Practitioners. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for joining us at Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed, but not read by yours truly. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember, we only judge a book by its cover. Celtic text magic. This was a good book. This was such a good book. I can't believe it. Then we wind up on the same on the same paradigm despite not having. It was so 